And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, the importance of the Word of God. Amen? The importance of the Word of God. I tell you, I was on my way to Acts chapter 6, and um, I was about to continue from where we left off, discussing the seven men chosen, amen, uh, to, to administer the daily ration. You remember, Stephen, uh, Philip. The last guy we discussed was Philip. And I was about to get into the text and... Uh, um, the next individual we were about to discuss was Stephen. So I went at the end of chapter 6 reading about Stephen and then chapter 7. And uh, for some reason, I felt drawn to look at the phrases used to describe Stephen. And we are told in Acts chapter 6 verse 5 that Stephen was a man full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. That sounds good to me. Tell somebody, full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 6 verse 5. If you jump over to verse 8, we are told Stephen was a man full of faith and full of power. Say full of faith and full of power. Oh, that's a blessing. Glory be to God. Isn't that wonderful? For the Holy Spirit to testify of an individual saying that that person is full of faith, full of power, full of the Holy Ghost. Oh God, I give you praise. Amen. What a blessing. Glory be to God. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. You know, the last time I checked, being full of faith and being full of power does not happen overnight. Glory be to Jesus. I said the last time I checked, being full of faith, being full of power, being full of the Holy Ghost doesn't happen overnight. Especially when it's the Holy Ghost who is saying that about an individual. Amen. It means that he's considered that individual and he's testifying of the truth about that person's character. Amen. Can I get a witness that in these current times, in these current times, let me say, let me bring it home. In these current coronavirus, and I'm going to, I'm not going to say last night, the Holy Ghost said to me, don't call it a pandemic anymore. Don't call it a what? A pandemic anymore. Call it a bleep. Are you with me? Because you see, if <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, To everything there is a season and a purpose under the sign. The season, the blip for coronavirus is gone. I said it's a blip. Are you with me? It is gone. And let me say, now you can come out. It's going to be all right. Glory be to God. Amen. So God corrected me. said, no, don't give it that power. It's a bleep. Let's move on. Oh, glory be to God. That's why in these days we got to be full of faith. Full of power. Full of the Holy Ghost. My God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. That's my goal for the rest of the year. To be full of faith. Full of power. Full of the Holy Ghost. You see, since when you are, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how bad things get. You'll always have a praise on your lips and a step in your pep. Sorry, a pep in your step. Thank you for the correction. And a pep in your what? Step. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, bless God. The Bible tells us how faith comes. It says in Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing not anything. Not anything. Are you with me? 
Faith in God comes by hearing the word of God. It's always faith in something. So he's telling us Philip took time to hear the word of God. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. So when the Bible says he was full of faith, we knew what happened. This was a man who took time to digest God's word. Oh, glory. That's what we need to do, especially as things potentially might get worse. We need to start digesting the word of God. The Bible said also that he was full of power. Oh, full of what? Power. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is quick and powerful can somebody say powerful where did that power comes from from the word of God where did that faith comes from from the word of God did I say I'm here to talk about the importance of the word of God in our lives because that's how you got faith and power to overcome Oh, glory be to God. Uh, you know, there was one other thing that was said about Philip. I cannot, brothers and sisters, I cannot overlook. It was said that in verse 9 and 10 that they were not able, Acts chapter 6, I'm still in Acts chapter 6. They were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. They were not able to do what? Resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. We are told that there was a, an alliance made by the Libertines and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians and the Cilicians. Amen. They came together and they begin to what? They begin to dispute with Stephen. That's what we are told in verse 9. They came together. You see that's what the devil likes to do. He's so weak he has to gang up on you because you know if he comes by himself yeah, yeah, he's got to get a gang because he knows his fate. He's a, a liar. He's a, a loser. Hey, glory be to Jesus. Are you with me, saints? When, I, I heard when the devil tells you whom he think you are, tell him of his future. He's bound for hell forever and ever. Yeah, he's bound for hell. So he gang up on Stephen. But the Bible says uh, that Stephen's wisdom could not be resisted. Amen. And the way he spoke, he could not be resisted. You know, I looked over in Psalms. I kept wondering myself. And I, I kept saying, Lord, why are you taking me to this? Why are you just all of a sudden opening my eyes to the characteristics of this man? Full of faith, full of power. Wisdom that cannot be resisted. Well, I jumped over to Psalms 119. I kept saying, how can a man get that way? Psalms 119 verse 91 tells us, it says, David said, I have more understanding than all my teachers. Not, not just one teacher. I have more on Psalms 119 verse 99. It says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. Why? Why? Because I have made your testimonies my meditation. <laughs> Woo! The word testimony is a title for God's word. In Psalms 19, God's word is called law. It's called statute. It's called precept. It's called testimony. Are you with me? It says somewhere in verse 7 that the law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And it, the statutes of the Lord. And it goes on the precepts of the Lord. Are you with me? So the word testimony is a title for God's word. So David is saying, I have more understanding than all my teachers because I have made your word my meditation Lord have mercy 
Oh, he said, I get my wisdom from meditating from the word of God. I have news for you. No man or woman who has been thoroughly taught by the Holy Spirit. The word of God need never ever feel inferior to the brightest minds of the 21st century. If you are taught thoroughly by the Holy Ghost, there is no need to cower and fear by the brightest mind of the 21st century. Are you with me? Because you've been taught by God. <laughs> Woo! He moved on to verse 200, verse 100, Psalms 199. Let's go to verse 100. Next, he said, I understand more than the ancients. Why? Because I keep your, your word. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. God, David, ah, Lord have mercy. I, I feel my help this morning. Glory be to God. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Man, I, he told us where understanding comes from. He told us, glory be to God, where wisdom comes from. It comes from the word of God. Oh, glory be to Jesus. And God began ministering to me on the need to equip the, to equip the saints. To continue to equip the saints so we can be full of faith. Full of power. Full of wisdom, full of knowledge, full of understanding. You see, wisdom is knowing what to do with what you know. Okay, are you, are you, wisdom is knowing what to do with what you know. Knowledge is just knowing. God just tells you, are you with me? But if you need something solved, you need a word of wisdom. You need to know what to do with the current situation. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Can somebody say, thank you, master? Say, I have it. I have it. I have it. This is not. This is not reserved for Stephen. This is reserved for everybody who calls themselves a child of God. Says, let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. The pressures of life are coming. We were. Uh, we, uh, I said the pressures of life are coming. We were just pressured. 45 or 40, 45 or 48 days ago, pressured so much so that the, the economy shut down. Are you with me, saints? We got to be ready. Because when the pressures come, if you are not transformed, they will conform you. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying, sense? When the pressures come, if you are not transformed, they will conform you. They'll leave you bitter, depressed, oppressed, discouraged. Are you with me? You better, we better be equipped. We better equipped. We better be what? Be equipped. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. And so th th that is why, brothers and sisters, Jesus, in addressing one of the biggest crowds, one of the biggest crowds, he chose to speak of nothing else but on the importance of having God's word sown in our hearts. So important, so important to have God's word sown in our hearts. God's word must be planted in our hearts and allowed to, to germinate before it releases its power. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are so busy we don't have time to allow God's word to germinate in our hearts and releases its power. It takes time. It takes meditation. Are you with me? It takes stealing away. It takes not being so busy. Just busy doing good things. It doesn't have to be bad things. 
You want to know how busy you can be the right thing? Enroll your child in every sport, in every game out there. And then you'll find yourself running from one place to the other. Now, how many of you know that's good? That's good. Amen. But that's not good for God's word germinating in your hearts. You need time to steal away to meditate on God's word. Are you with me? You need to be like Betsy. Betsy, when she eats, she plops beneath a tree. By the way, Betsy is a cow. <laughs> When, when Betsy eats, she plows, she plops beneath a tree and she begins to chew, chew the very thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? We must take a lesson from Betsy. And if your name is Betsy out there, I'm sorry. That's just, that name just came to my mind. Amen. <laughs> oh, glory be. It takes time, saints. One needs, let me tell you what we need moving forward. We need the patience of a farmer. We need the discipline of a soldier. We need the endurance of an athlete. Moving forward so we can benefit from God's word. Talk about being full of faith. Full of power. Full of wisdom. We need the patience of a farmer. We need the endurance of an athlete. And we need the discipline of a soldier. You know, just thinking about it. I've been talking to some ministers about what happened 45, 50 days ago. And um, for some reason, the talk about the Christian soldier came up. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Glory be to Jesus. And, uh, and a few ministers began saying, I'm beginning to reconsider whether I got soldiers or whether I got civilians. Glory be to Jesus. I'm just saying what they said. Glory be to, because you see, if you got civilians, there's going to be casualties. Oh, glory be to Jesus. But when you got a soldier, he or she knows the call. And it doesn't matter what they're doing, they leave. When a soldier is called, he could be at the hospital. He or she could be at the hospital with his wife. Uh, and she's bringing forth. When the calls come, he's got to leave. <laughs> oh, you see, you see, we understand that in the natural realm. But when the calls come to serve God, well, I, I'm not sure. Only in Christendom. Only in Christendom. I, I get them say, only in Christendom. Well, I'm not here to criticize anybody. I, I'm just, I just thought I would let you know what some ministers were talking about. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Christian soldier in the army of the Lord. That's what we need moving forward. Because the devil is going to step up his game. The pressures are coming. And so we need to be equipped. We need to be full of faith. Full of power. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of wisdom. How we get there? By ensuring God's word is planted in our hearts and giving it time to germinate. Are you with me? Giving it time what? To germinate. Are you with me, saints? Glory be to Jesus. Giving it time to germinate. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 4, let me quickly. I got about 15 more minutes. We got communion. In Mark chapter 4 verse 1 and Luke 8 verse 4. Amen. We are told... We are told Jesus had the opportunity to preach to one of the biggest crowds. And he chose to teach nothing else but the word of God. And the, the illustration he gave was that of a farmer sowing seeds. And there is a reason he gave that particular analogy. Let me just, let me just clue you in a bit. You see, you see, uh, before we get in there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wet your, you see, I'm going to wet your appetite. Is that all right? You, you see, when a farmer... Is looking for a bumper crop or a good harvest he cannot take 
she cannot take shortcuts. <laughs> no shortcuts. There's a time, there are laws you must follow. You cannot sow in reaping time and you cannot reap in sowing time. Are you with me? I was told of, I was told of an evangelist. An evangelist, uh, he, was a, he was a farmer, part farmer, part evangelist. He was out all the time preaching and his family said, you need to come home and now is, now is uh, sowing time. You need to come home and sow because that's what we live on. He said, no baby, I'll just come uh, in January when I'm done with my tour and I'll plant and just speak a word. Over my seed. Well, he came in January. He speak a word over the seed. He, he, he sowed and he said, uh, and I think uh, uh, the exact story said, he said, bring forth an increase. After he sowed. Come harvest time. He came out to harvest. Because he did not take into account. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. It says, until the earth remains. There are laws you got to follow. There must be seed. Then you give it time. I'm talking about the patience of a farmer. And then you come looking for, for harvest. Well, he, what he, he did not respect the laws of sowing and reaping. He suddenly had nothing to eat. Same thing to God's word. I just clue you in a bit. Look, Mark, Mark chapter 4. <laughs> Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 verse 1. Let's look at the size of the crowd. And he began to teach by the sea. And there was what gathered unto him what? A great multitude. So that he entered in. He could not stay on the seashore. They had to put him on a boat. Because people came out from where? Every city. Let's go to Luke chapter 8 verse 4. Let's see where people came from. They came out. That's the same story we are told there. Uh, uh, one of the biggest crowd. And when much people gathered. How much people? Much people gathered together. And were come to him out of what? Every city. People were coming from every city. And the multitude, the crowd was so huge that Jesus had to go in a boat to preach. Let's hear what he teach. Let's see if he teach. Well, how many of you think it would be a good time to teach about love and unity and faithfulness? Oh, oh no, oh, oh no. These are fruits. He taught the seed after how to get the fruit. <laughs> he talked about seed sowing which we which is what many of us lack as christians he talked about you see let me tell you brothers and sisters let me share something with you let me share something with you brothers and sisters many people are praying to god for for a harvest when they haven't sowed a seed and i'm not talking about money I'm not talking about money. That the money is a given. God will bless you. I'm talking about a seed of love. A seed of unity. A seed of togetherness. A seed of friendliness. A seed. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? We haven't taken time to sow that seed. And we are reaping a harvest we don't like. And then what we are doing. Instead of looking at a harvest and said, I sowed something wrong. We go to God and pray. Father, can you please fix it? Can you please flip? Let, let me share with you. When you do that, when the pressures come, God goes out the window. Let me say that again. When you continue, when we continue to do that, when the pressures of life come, God will go out the window. Like he did 45 days ago. Let me continue. So Jesus began teaching on what is famously called the parable of the sower the parable of the what? oh sower 
On that day, Jesus taught really about 10, 10 parables. I won't get into them. He taught the parable of the sower. He taught on the parable of the tears and the wheat. And he taught about the parable of the light under the bushel and the parable of the seed. I won't get into all of them. But he taught, a lot. He taught almost 10 parables. And brothers and sisters, invariably, all the parables he taught, he spoke about, hinged on the importance of God's word in our lives. The importance of sowing seed. Let me share this with you. There was a time I never understood the importance of Mark chapter 4. And I didn't understand Romans 12 to 11. Romans 2 11 says, God is no respect of persons. He doesn't practice partiality. Well, growing up in my Christian life, in my Christian life, I've <clears throat> been serving God for a while. And all of a sudden, a few brothers got saved. Very charismatic. Amen? Loved by everybody. And it's like they just blew past us. And I kept saying, what's going on? Does God practice speciality? God prefer them more than I? What's going on? And not only me, a few of us brothers. I mean, we were in church. We were in church. We were in, at college. We were in college, but in church every morning with the, with the sisters, 530. I'm talking about years, five to ten years every morning. And then we would take a break during lunchtime, come back and pray for an hour, and then um, uh, come back at five in the afternoon during our college time. Amen. And just praying, just seeking God. Never read the Bible as should because that was not emphasized. Never sowed seeds. Are you with me, saints? I'm talking to you about dangers. That's why most times the tears come from my eyes. Because if I was directed, I'm blaming nobody. But if I was directed the right way, my life would have been better. Well, you haven't got to say amen. I'll just say on me. And so these guys got saved, just blew past. I said, I'm for years, I'm saying, God, what's going on? What's going on? Well, fast forward, they became pastors. And what they did to the church, especially to the opposite sex in the church, is too despicable to stand and speak about this morning. And I'm beginning to say, oh my God, that's what happened when you don't take time to sow God's word in your heart and get yourself established in God's word. And you get what I'm saying? You wreak havoc. In the church. Jesus knowing that. Begin to teach. On what is famously called the parable of the what? So. It's in Mark chapter 4. Matthew chapter 13. Luke chapter 8. It's not in John. Are you getting what I'm saying? The importance of taking your time. And letting God's word take its root. And releasing its power in your life. People are so busy, we haven't got time to do that. But yet still, they know the name of every, every basketball player. They know the name of every, of every sports team out there. They know who's a quarterback, who's a halfback. They, knows, they know. Are you getting what I'm saying? They know the name of every, everything else they know. Every love song they know. Are you getting what I'm saying? When a man loves a woman, they know every line. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
But you have to, you have to regurgitate one scripture verbatim. Well, my, my, my mind wasn't made for that. Yeah. It, the word doesn't hit me like it hits you. I can see. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying saints I'm saying this because the pressures are coming oh, it, it, it's, going to, it's, going in, it's going to be intensified the Bible says that uh, the Bible says in Matthew 24 that the love of many are going to wax cold in this coming do you know what wax cold means if you look at the process of waxing cold of cold this is what it means a wick how many of you know about candles a wick was taken and it's dropped into hot wax it comes up, then it's hardened. Then you, it, that's the first layer. You drop it again, another layer is put on, it comes up, it's hardened. It's talking about how our hearts have been hardened and desensitized through a process without we recognizing it. Yeah, it doesn't happen all one time. You drop the wick, the first layer of insensitivity is placed around that wick. It's hardened. Mm -hmm. You drop it again. You bring it up, the second layer is hardened. Desensitized spiritually. And then all of a sudden, the pressures come, and instead of God being your refuge, your house is your refuge now. Now, let me say this right here. I'm not, anyhow. I am, I, um, I don't want to be insensitive. I get what I'm saying, saints. By no means I'm criticizing. Those of you who are looking, I'm not criticizing anybody. But God's people need to know the truth. Are you with me, saints? Sometimes my wife taught last week, sometimes you got to contend for the faith. Sometimes you got to speak the truth. Are you with me? You got to speak the truth. Uh, maybe the Bible says we have to speak the truth in love. And I'm sorry if you don't think that I'm speaking the truth in love. Are you with me? I may be misunderstood because, you know, sometimes I get kind of excited. Praise God. I'm not that person. If you want somebody, if you want a Chinese to preach, you know, you know, somebody who's a calming demeanor and so on and so forth and praise the Lord. I'm not that person. Are you get what I'm saying? I'm not, I, I'm, I have to be me. Amen. But if you meet me, you'll know that love, you'll, you'll meet love. I, are you getting what I'm saying, saints? I know me, so don't, I'm not insensitive. I'm not criticizing. But I am telling you, brothers and sisters, the squeeze is coming again. And it's going to be intensified. And we have to be ready. We have to know the truth. We have to expose the devil. And that's what I intend to do. I intend to continue to expose the devil, get the sense equipped. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I wouldn't be long. I wouldn't be long. So, so in Mark chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus said to them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? Jesus is saying, is saying, is stating understanding this parable is crucial. It is crucial that you and I understand the parable of the sower because the interpretation of this parable provides a model for interpreting all parables. 
If you understand what Jesus is trying to convey in this parable, there's a principle you can take. There is a, it's a model to understand and interpret all parables. So Jesus is saying, why don't you know this parable? I just gave you a model, a clue to understand all parables. What's going on? And so he said, he continued in verse what? Verse 14, he said, the sower sows what? The sower sows the word. The sower does what? He's explaining. He, he gave the parable. Amen. And now he's explaining what the seed is. The sower sows. So the seed is what? So God's word is likened to seed. Isn't that so? Let me tell you brothers and sisters. Let me share with you this right here. It doesn't matter how intelligent somebody is. They cannot replicate a seed. Let me say that again. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are. You cannot replicate a seed. You can bring the best minds in the world and ask them to put together a seed. They cannot. That's beyond humans' ability. Something so simple but so powerful. And that's what the Bible is saying about God's word. That's what he's saying about God's word. Something, you see, we are the ones making Christianity difficult. We are the ones making Christianity difficult. It's a very simple thing. You take it, God's word, and you sow it in your heart. The Bible refers to our hearts as soil. Are you with me, saints? We know it's soil because the Bible, as you're going through, as we are going through the particular parable, you'll see where it says, and the seed was sown in their hearts. So he's referring to our hearts. There were, and I don't have the time to go through it, there were wayside heart. Soils, amen, our hearts were considered to be like soil on the wayside. Soil where everybody trample. If you see a track, that's the most hardened soil there is because the feet have been trampled on that track. Are you with me? So too in our hearts, in our hearts, we got to be careful. Sometimes our hearts have been trampled by people. And that's why some of us, our hearts are so hard. And so the Bible says when you take the seed of God's word and you plant it on wayside soil, it cannot germinate because the soil has not been prepared to accept the seed. Let me share with you, brothers and sisters, some of us, we still carry a lot of baggage. And I'm not saying that to criticize anybody. Some of us are still walking around with hurts and pains. Glory be to Jesus. People wrong us, wrong us for a while and we are not delivered. And so that is why the church now is a place of deliverance. No. The are you getting what I'm saying? We need, to, we need to take God's word. Are you with me? Take God's word. Meditate on it. And God's word, the power, when it loses its power, its power in the spirit, every baggage, every issue, every problem we have will be dealt with. You don't need somebody to lay hands on you. I, people who are depressed. I'm trying to share something with you, brothers and sisters. You hear me because, uh, because you, I'm trying my best to explain the importance of God's word in our hearts. And you get some stuff, some stuff, some, some, some issues psychiatrists cannot deal with, psychologists cannot deal with. You have to keep going and going and going again. Are you getting what I'm saying? But when you get God's word, God's word has all. Now I'm not telling you what they told me. I'm telling you what happened to me. My father was not in my life from the age of 12. And I miss daddy. 
Nobody could pray on me to fix me. Nobody could lay hands on me to fix me. Years and years and years and years went by until I came across Psalms 19 verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. When I look up the word convert, it means to restore to its original value. <laughs> it says God will restore me back to where I was. Whether or not I have a father. God will restore you back to where you were. Whether or not you had a divorce. God will. <laughs> I'm sharing with you the importance of the word of God. Shown in your life. Germinates and loses its power. Years I've been insecure walking around. I became a comedian because I wanted people to accept me. That was my way of letting people accept me. But one day, Sabado, oh, one day after spending all night, two o'clock in the morning, I remember that day, that Saturday night, laboring in the world. And all of a sudden, I had my encounter. I had my encounter. And the next day, Sunday morning on my way to church, I kept saying, why do I feel so light? Why do I feel that I don't need people's affirmation? All of a sudden, why do I feel? I'm telling you, the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. <laughs> I'm telling you, God's word has all the answers. It'll make you right again. It'll return you to your former state. You'll walk whole, your head will be lifted high. Glory be to Jesus. You'll have a pep in your step. Glory be to Jesus. You'll be sure-footed. Glory be to Jesus. Oh. oh, glory be to Jesus. Oh, you talk about having confidence in God. Not in yourself, but in God's ability to take care of you. Oh, glory be to Jesus. That's why the old folks sang, leading on the everlasting arms. I'm safe and I'm secure from all of them. What a blessedness. What a joy divine. Leading on the everlasting. Hey, Pacas. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Woo. God, I give you praise. God, I give you glory. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, no shortcuts. You cannot beat the system, no. You, you that's why he used farming. You cannot beat the system. You, yes, you got to go through seed, time, harvest. There's got to be a cycle. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. Job said he knows the way that I take. And when I'm dried, 
Lord have mercy. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful thing? In Job's defense, he said, I know. He said, but when I'm tried, he's going to bring me out as pure gold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yes. He'll fend for me. He'll fend for me. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Man, since I feel the presence of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. And so Jesus knowing the importance of that. He chose to teach on nothing else, but used an illustration of farming to show us that when you're pursuing a bountiful harvest, when you're pursuing, amen, glory be to Jesus, an unprecedented harvest, he said you got to go through the process. You got to steal away. Hallelujah. And spend time meditating in God's word. That's it. What you got to do? Spend time. I think it's Proverbs chapter 4. You got to see that right here. That, that was for me. <laughs> Let me show this to you right here. I know I, Proverbs chapter 4. Let's look at verse 20 to 22 quickly. 20. It says, my son, it says, it says, my son, attend to my what? Words incline your ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them where in the midst of thine heart. Why? For their life to they that find them, and what health to all your flesh. When the Bible says, Attend to my words, it means give attention. How many of you know you can be looking at someone and not attending to what they're saying? You can be here in body and gone in mind. Especially somebody you don't like. <laughs> Let me move on. I'm guilty. <laughs> what they are saying goes in one ear. It exits the other. It's called daydreaming. Daydreaming. <laughs> Uh, you get what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? How many of you know that can happen when you get in God's word? Yes. It happens when you get in God's word. By the way, that's how I got hooked up on coffee. Because every time I got in God's word, I felt like, I said, I got something for you. I'm getting me a good cup of coffee. <laughs> and... <laughs> So he said, incline was the before the word of God becomes life to you and health. Now the word health in the Hebrew means medication. It's saying God's word literally is medication to your flesh. That's what he's saying. Just like you have, just like we have medicine pills, there is the gospel. That's what he's saying. Are you with me? We have pills. He's saying God's word is medicine to you. If you've got a cancer, God's word has healing. You take, you take, the, you take all the healing scriptures, you memorize them, and you see yourself healed. Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. You walk and you talk about it and you begin to thank God. And when God's word, let me share with you. Let, let me let you. This is how you know. When it breaks forth in your heart. When God's good word comes real to you as the next person sitting, as the person sitting next to you. When is that real to you? Like the next person sitting next to you or sitting next to you on the bus. You know you're getting somewhere. Let me tell you what happens. You begin to speak to yourself. Yeah. You begin to what? That's what Ephesians chapter 4 says. Speaking to yourselves in what? Songs. 
making melody in your heart. You begin to speak to yourself because it's real. It is somebody. You talk to people and you begin to talk to the word. Walk with the word. You begin to say, how are you doing? You're doing okay. Glory be to God. Ah, now it begins to work. Glory be to Jesus. When people start to look at you and think that you're local, tell them I'm alright. I'm just fellowshipping. Yeah, because I'm talking my way to health. I'm talking my way to success. Quickly, it says here, it's inclined. Then it says, not only do you attend to my words, you got to incline your ear. You got to listen with your heart. Uh, not with your physical ears. That's why Jesus said, he who have ears, let him hear. He was talking to people who had two big ears. Why tell them he who have ear, let him hear when they have ears. You know they hear, but you got to hear on another level. How many of you know that takes time? It takes stealing away. It's called revelation knowledge. Hearing from God. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Are you with me, saints? Ah, but I got so much stuff. I cannot even, I can't even continue. Oh, bless. Let me just show you one more. It says here, when you've done that, amen, when you've done that, it says, for their life. When that happens, when you've attended to God's word, amen, when you've done what? Attend to his word. When you've inclined your ears, when you keep them in your heart, all of a sudden the Bible says they become life. They become what? Life. life. Romans 8 verse 6 says, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, if they are life, you are now thinking spiritual. Are you with me? I'm just putting this to Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life. So, to be word minded is to be spiritually minded. And if you're word minded, you're spiritually minded, then what's going to follow is life. Are you with me? Life, not depression. Not oppression. I'm just trying to share. The, look, God's word is God's word. Are you with me? Now I know. I know. We have the medic. I thank God for the medical practitioners. Amen. But I got to stay with God's word. God's word tells you life. It'll, it will bring life and not death. Depression is not life. Oppression is not life. And they are all rooted to thinking on something. Worry, worry, worry. Somebody hurt me. And I'm not forgiving them. Now that'll do a, now that'll do a number on you. That'll do a number on you. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Your organs, your organs are going to implode. Yes, your organs are going to. You forgive these people and you say, "God bless you. I'll see you." <laughs> Let me tell you, I got, I'm after a harvest. I'm after what? Do you know many? Everybody is interested in good success, a uh, good success and prosperity. Joshua chapter one verse eight. You're, it says this book of the law. The book of the law is referring to the word of God. Back then they had the Pentateuch, the first five books. So the book of the law referred to the Pentateuch. But it's God's word. He said this book of the law. Because he had to tell Joshua that. Because Joshua just succeeded Moses. How do you lead after Moses? I mean, <laughs> Moses is a hard act to follow. <laughs> How do you? So he's asking God, please help me. God said, I, I got a cure. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. It's another word for germinate. You shall meditate therein when? Day and night. Why? To observe the things that are written therein. 
And when you observe the things that are the Bible says, then you shall make, not God, you shall make your, who? You shall make your way prosperous. And you shall have good success. Not God, you are the one doing it with the power and authority God gave you after you've sought his word in your heart. Stop praying for stuff God has given us. That's it. You've already got it. He's given it already. But we would not do the first part. We would not meditate. We would not meditate. We would not. We want to speak everything else about God's word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It means speak the word only. To speak the word, you got to memorize the word. Because you can't walk around with the Bible. Can you imagine me down Tallahassee downtown? <laughs> and the devil come at me after I have to look at for the scripture. <laughs> Can you imagine? The reason why, anyhow. But it's amazing and I'm done. I got so much stuff. I got to leave it for next Sunday, amen. I got 13 pages of stuff there. I just, it just, last night, God just opened my eyes. It just, yeah, that's what he called a download. Think, think about it. We pray for success, right? Good success and pro prosperity. God tells you what to do. The word should not depart from your mouth and meditate. What you're doing, you're sowing the seed. You're sowing the seed, the seeds of God's word. And when you sow the seeds of God's word, you, God's word, you meditate on it, then... I mean, revelation will burst in your subconscious mind. A way will be made. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's God's word. It's God's power. Listen, brothers and sisters, I'm going to end with this right here. Let me, show you, let me tell you what God said to me last night. God don't have any other system in place for that. The only system he has in place is that of sowing and reaping. He doesn't have any, any other system in place for the, for the seed to sow in our hearts and it's power released. You cannot get it by laying on of hands. Let me say that again. You cannot get it by what? You won't get it. You won't get it that way. Because I tried it for years. That's why whenever I go to the Bible, sometimes tears come from my eyes. Because I'm thinking if I started at the age of 17, how far I would be. For there shall be life. And health to your flesh. Father we thank you for your word. Oh man. We magnify your name. Thank you for your word. Oh hallelujah. I thank God for his word. Woo. The comfort. The strength you get. When you get in God's word. Just reading for an hour. An hour and a half. You, you, you leave a different person. Because the Bible says that God's word is his life. It's power. It's quick. David said, I'll never forget your precepts. Psalms 119 verse 97. He said, I will never forget your precepts. For with them thou hast quickened me. David said, if you're a dead Christian, it's because you don't have God's word in you. I didn't say that. That's what he said. He said, I am never going to forget your precepts. For with them you have quickened me. You have made me alive through your word. 
Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11 and the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850 408 8496.